inch by inch, row by row, gonna make this garden grow. All it takes is a rake and a hoe and a piece of fertile ground. Inch by inch, row by row, someone bless these seeds I sow. Someone warm them from below till the rain comes tumbling down. It is time right now for In the Garden with Peter Burke, Peter, author of Year-Round Indoor Salad Gardening. Our program today is brought to you by Menards Agway, your family true value neighborhood yard, garden, and pet place, Brooklyn Street in Morrisville. By Grow Compost of Vermont, compost soils and mulches there on Route 2 in Moortown. By the Willie Store, your true value store near Caspian Lake in Greensboro. By Guy's Farm and Yard, with four locations to serve you, Montpelier, Morrisville, Williston, and St. Albans. By Clausen's Florist, Greenhouse, and Perennial Farm, Main Street in Colchester. Check out their Mega Monday coupons at Clausen's.com. By PR Lumber, locally milled lumber and family owned. They're on Route 15 in Wolcott. Buy your locally owned Montpelier Agway, seeds and feeds and so much more. Route 2 in Montpelier. And by V's Flowers and Garden Shop, your complete service store on Main Street in Waitsfield. Our telephone lines are always open at 802-244-1777 and toll free for most anywhere at 877-291-8255. Let's say good afternoon to Peter Burke. Hey, Joel. Hello. Hey, um, a real treat today. Um, we have uh, we have uh, some folks on. It's uh, Laurie Tenek and Dieter Gehring, who wrote the book, uh, The Hop Grower's Handbook. And I'm looking through the book, and there's quite a bit of praise, even from our very own UVM uh, UVM specialist on on uh, uh, the uh, growing specialty things in Vermont, and her name is uh, well, you probably all know her, Heather Darby, and she says it's a timely, highly valuable resource for growers, and this is the the Hop Growers Handbook. And uh, there's just tons of praise for them. Even uh, from Cornell University says, this is a great step forward for the new hop industry. And that was Steve Miller, who's the hop specialist over at Cornell. So, um, uh, well, let's go ahead and hear from, from the specialist. Dieter, are you there? I'm here. All right. Well, listen, uh, I want to thank you to, right from the beginning here for taking time out of, from your harvest season. I, I realize that uh, you're right in the thick of it right now. Yes, we are. We've been uh, picking for the last few days. We actually have a day off where uh, hops are drying, and uh, we'll be picking again tomorrow. Oh, wow. So uh, how long does it take you to, to pick all the, all the hops, uh, I guess? Uh, well, we have 14 different varieties, and, you know, just, uh, you know, not uh, unlike apples where, you know, or other mm. fruits and vegetables, the different varieties are, you know, ripen at different times. So we uh, we have 14 different varieties here on the farm, and uh, we're picking over a three-and-a-half-week period. Wow. Wow. So uh, what, uh, so is there, what do you have, like an acre of, of stuff like that? How big uh, is your, we, your, we're we're your pretty yard? small and that we have two and a half acres here on the farm. <laughs> um, you know, big farms like out in the, the you know west, like in the Yakima Valley in Washington, can, you know, they average around 400 acres. So oh, you know, wow. we're not really... Yeah, we're not, uh, you know, a commodity hop farm by any stretch. We're uh, more of a specialty hop farm. Oh, good. Well, uh, two and a half acres sounds like a, a enormous amount of hops to me. So, <laughs> uh, it's it's an enormous amount of work, and it's it really uh, I, I can't imagine having four hundred acres. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can't either. Um, well, uh, of course, this program in the garden is mostly for gardeners who, uh, and, and so they'd be sort of focusing in, on this uh, small amount, you know. Sure. And uh, I, I'm sure that's probably where you guys started, right? Yeah, we started with just, you know, we were home brewers, and uh, so we just started with a few, you know, plants uh, for our own use. And, 
it sort of snowballed from there with the uh, farm brewery law coming into New York. And uh, mm-hmm. so we 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 have a small brewery and cidery here on Indian oh. Ladder Farms. And uh, so we use everything that we grow in that. Oh, no kidding. Wow. Yeah. And uh, so do you have a, a brand of, uh, of um, beer that you make? Uh, well, we have a few different things. I mean, we're pretty... Uh, uh, our beers are pretty hop uh, centric, as mm-hmm. you would imagine, mm-hmm. mostly yep. IPAs and uh, uh, and pale ales. Uh, but because we are an apple orchard, we do a fair amount of blueberries and raspberries. We do um, a fair amount of fruit beers too, for uh, that are uh, mostly sour type beers or gozas. Okay, and is that right there? Uh what was the name of your farm? The Indian Ladder, was that it? Uh, yep, uh, we're Indian Ladder Farms, and uh, the brewery and cidery is Indian Ladder Farms Cidery and Brewery here, and uh, we're, we're open year-round. Oh, okay. Uh, you're, you're just north of Albany, is that right? Uh, we're about 25 minutes southwest of Albany. Oh, okay. I guess I, I, all right, good, good. Wow. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, for you know, for we we wrote the book, you know, for people uh, that want to start out with growing, you know, they just want to grow some hops on their balcony, for example, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, or they want to do like up to an acre or two. So, you know, growing hops on a small scale can be very rewarding. Yeah, um, it gets a little trickier as you get up into uh, acreage. Yeah. Well, we're going to stay away from the acreage. <laughs> good. <laughs> but, Probably a good idea. <laughs> but uh, both of my sons and, and both of them together, and plus a number of friends who've, who've gone and uh, uh, tried to brew some, some beer, which they, they love to do. Um, and it was, uh, it was pretty good beer. You know, they, they actually did a pretty good job. But they right. have sort of been bugging me. Is like, uh, well, Dad, well, how, how come you don't grow hops for us, you know? Yeah, Dad. How come you don't grow hops? <laughs> well, maybe you've changing. got the book. You've got the book now. So. I, I do. I've got the book, <laughs> and I'm willing to help you out. So. Oh, great! I couldn't ask for more than that. <laughs> well, and I, I have a couple of friends who, uh, Marcus, who who uh, does quite a good job. Does a, uh, some great beers, uh, and uh, so I've I clued him in to, to listen in today, and and hopefully That's he's right. with us. And um, but it was really Forbes. Remember, uh, Joel? It was Forbes who said, "Well, you know, uh, there's a there's a lot of us small farmers who, who uh, you know, with with the new laws, you can you can grow, uh, you know, all kinds of things that sure. you couldn't grow before." And he said, it, "He has a friend who." Uh, has the um, Von Trapp uh, brewery there. And oh, he, wow. says yep. he he cannot get locally grown yeah. hops, and he says that there's no excuse for that. It used to be grown here, so right. That's sort of what right. propelled us and got me uh, looking around. And then I remembered uh, doing a book signing with you guys uh, yep. down in New Hampshire. So, what a great book, though. It's well, uh, and uh, I I mentioned to uh, to your wife Lori right uh, yes that uh, it was uh, reading the book was sort of like sitting in your living room and having a conversational a conversation <laughs> it was it was just very easy reading and uh, yes she's a very good writer and very uh, she engages uh, the reader very yeah. well yeah I I really enjoyed it and. Uh, um, uh, and uh, I have to say, uh, the, the, what was the, the name for hops from Pliny or back in the, was the Roman yeah. days or the Greek days? He called it the Wolf of the Willows. Yes. And I said, yeah. wow, what a great name for a beer, the Wolf of yeah. the Willows, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, there, there's, all, there's also uh, Russian River Brewery does uh, Pliny the Elder. Uh, oh, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah uh, that's a very uh, sought-after beer out west. Oh, oh there you go. <laughs> uh, very hoppy, as you would imagine. Uh, I can imagine if it's named after hops, it would be a yeah. hoppy beer. <laughs> well, back, you know, back in Pliny's time, you know, which is, you know, he, he, actually, he actually died today if you believe it oh no uh, kidding yeah it was uh he was rushing towards mount vesuvius because he saw some of the early eruptions and he was a he was a scientist and naturalist uh, and uh, unfortunately he died uh, he died trying to get to pompeii curiosity you know? yes yeah, but he literally. was uh, yeah, it was you know when hops in those days weren't used uh, so much for making beer. They were you know they were used because they're some of the first shoots that come out of the ground, mm-hmm. um, and they were a food source. And uh, 
uh, to this day, restaurants primarily in Belgium still uh, use hops, and they call them poor man's asparagus. Oh. <laughs> um, and uh, I like yeah, that. So it wasn't. I don't think it, it wasn't until like the 11th or 12th century that they started putting them in beer. Mm. They, mm. I think some of the monks discovered that uh, <laughs> uh, that they were a natural preservative, mm. Mm. and that's that's why primarily we you know we use them today. Huh, that's it's fascinating, really. The that whole chapter on history, it was just you know, there were so many times when I thought, oh wow, I never knew that. Yeah. And it's uh, as as I said, a very readable chapter. It's not not a dry history at all. It's really great. Oh, I think the you know the book was supposed to be you know um, we worked with uh, Chelsea Green right there yeah. in, in, in Vermont as a publisher, and they were really great, and, yeah. and they wanted the they wanted the book to be you know well. You know, you're interested in craft beer, you're interested in hops, but maybe growing hops isn't going to be for you, but, you know, you would still like to know about it, and, yeah, uh, and yeah. so the book was supposed to be approachable. There you go. Yeah, yeah still be a how-to book. So the, um, uh, speaking of how-tos, um, so it seems like you want your, you want to set it up so your hops can grow like 16 feet tall, 16 feet somehow or another you want to get. Yeah, well, that's, you're going to get the best yield, um, you know, the higher you can go. I mean, hops will grow to 30 feet, but, you know, it becomes a little, uh, <laughs> no, I, a little uh, I'm looking for the with. low end here. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can grow them on a fence. You know, you have to kind of train them along um, because they want to keep on reaching up. Uh. Um, at least until uh, the the summer solstice, um, they stop growing up um, as soon as the uh, as solstice, because then they start uh, fruiting. You know, they start shooting out sidearms. Huh. Um, so you could but, actually grow them sort of trellised like a like a grapevine. Is that what you're? Absolutely, oh. absolutely. Yeah. If you if you want to be you know back do you know a couple of different varieties in your backyard, you could grow them exactly like grapes. Huh. Well, that's interesting because uh, I, I sort of the idea of getting up 16 feet. Uh, um, I have a lot of trellises in in my garden. Uh, I have uh, about 50 four by four beds, and then the backside of each one I have an eight foot trellis. Mm-hmm. And so I try to think in terms of what can I fit on an eight foot trellis, you know. The, but um, you know, the only way you could do this is if I grew it up one side and down the other. You know. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're not going to grow. They're not going to grow down. They're no. always, always wanting to want to go I, up. But. I got that. <laughs> um, so uh, you must you must be real familiar with the different varieties. Is there a variety that you would say is really good for beginner gardeners? Uh, we generally recommend that people that are, you know, want to have some tried and true success, um, and 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 still want a good hop for making beer is is to is to use Cascade. Cascade, um, okay. Yeah, Cascade is very very disease resistant. I mean, it's not a hundred percent disease resistant, mm-hmm. but it's very vigorous, and it's a very good starter hop for people, you know, who just want to grow a few hops and get in the game and and have some. You know, have some fun. Oh, good, good. Um, actually, I have no idea where I would get uh, hops. I assume I would want like a sets or something, or well, we recommend uh, we we you know we we made a lot of mistakes in the early days when you mm-hmm. know was eight nine years ago now when we started and there weren't a lot of places to get things and now um, I always recommend people go to the um, uh, the Hop Growers Alliance. Okay. Um, website, um, and it's also a great organization to join. It's not very expensive. It's like $40 a year. Mm-hmm. They put out newsletters. Um, the other thing that they do is in their classified section is they will list um, the eight or nine greenhouses that get a clean plant stock from the clean plant network. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. I mentioned, so, I saw that in the book, the clean plant Yeah, and that's, and that's very important, we believe, because... Um, starting out with good, clean, virus-free, disease-free stock is going to give you, you know, mm-hmm. a better, you know, better chance. And yep. and also, you know, we if you if you're buying stuff blindly off the internet, you don't know what you're getting. Mm. Um, a lot of times, things won't be true to type um, gotcha. uh, that people are selling. 
And, and frankly, you know, as a hop grower, I don't want you growing diseased plants near me. Mm. And the same <laughs> is true for uh, even like a potatoes or, or garlic. Oh, or yeah. Anything yep, like yep. that growing from certified seed is, is always a good idea. And yeah, I'm, it is. I'm glad to know there, there is such a thing as a... Yeah, and then from these greenhouses, you can get either plants, um, and they're generally between 5 and $7, and they'll ship them to you. Hmm. Um, oh, well, that's and not bad. Some, some of them will ship rhizomes. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can plant hops either way. Okay. Um, and if you, you know, you think, you know, you want to do it and, you know, our recommendation is always to start out with a few, you know, start mm-hmm. with like five, five, six, yeah. um, and see, you know, how you're going to do it. Because one, if you've got five or six established and you decide, well, these are doing really great and I'm being very successful, I'd like to, you know, move out to say, 20 or 30, mm-hmm. um, you can dig the rhizo- your own rhizomes. Oh, right um, off of the those five yeah, plants? Oh. Yeah, you know, right oh. around March um, and, uh, and and start your own plants. Oh, so you know, save yourself go. a little money. And then you also know you're, you're true to type, too. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And uh, But you were saying something about uh, you like to have a few different varieties. And, and why would you want different varieties? What would well, the different... Well, there's 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 a couple of reasons. One one is from you know a beer making standpoint. We the different hop varieties have different flavor characteristics. Okay, uh, all right. You know, some are are strictly for bittering. Mm-hmm. Um, some are you know have oil profiles that give them you know citrusy um, flavors or pineapple flavors, <laughs> um, and we like to incorporate those into beers. Huh. Um, the other, the other reason, you know, it, from a from a farming standpoint, is that we're we can only pick as fast as we can dry. Yeah. Uh, oh, because, okay. Uh, right. Because pops are they're very fragile once they're you know they're ready to be harvested. Because mm-hmm. what we're trying to do is inside that little you know you, you know what a hop looks like it looks like a little pine cone right, right. yes and in uh, underneath one each one of those little bracts that's where the lupulin is and the lupulin is this yellow sticky substance that um, it's it's a resinous type substance and we want that's what we need that's the brewer's gold right gotcha. that's what that's the whole reason we're growing this thing 18 feet and collecting all these mm-hmm. cones mm-hmm. so when we harvest we want uh, to get them off of the vine and into the dryer in, in, you know, in a timely manner. We, here on the farm, we try to do it within a half an hour wow. um, into the dryer. Wow. So, so once my dryer is full, I can't pick anymore. Gotcha. I see. So we try to, we try to have varieties that come in at different times. Come so, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. So like last week, we picked Centennial, and then we picked Sterling. And then tomorrow we're going to pick Chinook. And then like the last hops we will pick here on the farm will probably be um, uh, Crystal and Brewer's Gold. And there will be (laughs) hops all the way in between there. (laughs) They all sound wonderful, really. (laughs) They have great names. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, I I want to point out one thing that you said in the book is that um, don't put hops in your garden. I, uh, I laughed over that because just the the visual image of of the well the wolf of the willows basically taking over just about everything that was the weed of the weeds. Yeah, well, you know, think about putting mint in your garden. You yeah, exactly. Put, you don't yeah. put mint in your garden either. We had you this, want a mint garden. We, Joel is shaking his head. Yeah, we all know it's sort of like uh, well, what are the other ones? Is uh, comfrey? That's one you don't yep, want to. Yep. And, exactly. Uh, somebody called and said, well, where should I plant my Jerusalem artichokes in the garden? I said, don't. <laughs> You're right. Exactly. <laughs> You're going to have a special Jerusalem garden. Uh, <laughs> That's only. right. Uh, yeah, cool. hops, are the, hops are similar um, in that they will, they, they, they send out runners um, mm. and they will pop up all over the place. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I mean, you can keep them combined, confined by pruning, but it's a lot of work. Oh, I have the same thing. My, my blackberries tend to show up everywhere. Are you sure. And the mint, you know, certainly. Yep. <laughs> so, yep. uh, well, anyway, that's, that's a good thing to know. And, uh, so you, do you use all of your, your hops to make your own beer or do you sell some of it? 
Um, we'd like to get to the point where we're able to sell some, mm-hmm. um, but right now our, our brewery is sort of growing at a pace that uh, is uh, <laughs> is using everything that we can grow. Oh, that's pretty cool, though. That's yeah. great. Yeah, and then uh, and, and from what I caught on from the book, you have a, a good size uh, apple orchard too. Yeah, we have about 120 acres in fruit, um, in, in apples. Um, oh, Lord. Yeah, we have about 36 different varieties of apples here on the farm. Mm. Um, we did put in a number of uh, cider varieties a few years ago for mm-hmm. the uh, cidery operation, you know, some yeah. uh, bitters and sharps um, so that we could have a little, little bit better uh, control on our tannins. Yeah. Oh, cool. Well, that that must be uh, great to sort of put all those things together in a beer. Yes. Yes. We uh, we we well we don't we don't add uh, we don't add any really apples to our beer mainly oh, no. because we are we already make cider. Oh. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> uh, we have made some hop ciders though. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Give them a little more bitter and a little more fruitiness to them. Hmm. So I'm just curious here now. There, here's a vine that's that's maybe 16 feet tall, maybe even more, right? Yeah. How do you how do you pick those the the flowers up there, 16 feet high? How do you how do you? Well, you cut the you whole. You know, it, it is a, it is a perennial. Yeah. Um. So when we go through the hop yard, our hop yards are, are 18 feet. Yeah. So we we cut them at about chest high. Okay, and then and then we cut them just under the trellis wire, and we bring the whole uh, oh. the whole thing down. Oh wow! Uh, and if you were you know if you were to do that, um, and you're just hand picking, yeah, um, a mature plant you know can weigh as much as forty pounds um, at that point, and it's going to be loaded with cones, and it takes about one man hour to pick that. Wow! Uh, so if you have you know in our case about 2,000 plants, you can Whew. imagine that would take a long time for that, us that's a long to, time. to get picked. So <laughs> Let, we, let's hope you have help. <laughs> uh, you do the first couple of years <laughs> uh, because there's a, there's a certain amount of romance and you provide beer and so on, but yeah. by the third year, people don't answer the phone. <laughs> I got you. I got you. <laughs> Dieter so, who? Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I have beer. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's all right. <laughs> yeah. Well, hops are very, um, they have trichomes on them. Okay. Uh, so they're, they, they, you can get scratched up pretty badly by them. They're, mm. It's called kiss of the hop. It feels, some people are kind of allergic to it and sure. it can feel like nettles to them. Yeah. Um, so handling them, I don't know if you've ever, you know, in the book, we have some of the old pictures of people picking and mm-hmm. people are like, oh, well, people were so, you know, uh, uh, conservative back then they dressed, you know, in the field, <laughs> the, the, all dressed up and they have hats and gloves and long sleeves. And I was like, well, no, not really. It's August. It's humid. It's the Northeast. Right. Just, they don't want the kiss of the hop. Right, right. They don't want the kiss <laughs> they're they're of trying the to protect themselves. <laughs> I got it. It's yeah. sort of like working in the in the uh, blackberries. You, exactly. You have to suit up. Yes. It yes. Makes, very much. Okay. So so the um, at harvest time, then you 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 cut the trellis and bring in the whole vine and then harvest it. Yeah, we don't cut the trellis. We have a we off of the trellis. We drop down. Um, uh, it, it's a coconut. It's a wound coconut. Um, a string. Oh, okay. Called, called core. Core. Okay. And um, yep. yeah, so we we, uh, we 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 cut that, and we after you know we had our hundred uh, plant uh, plot, and then we decided to go to a thousand. And at that point, we invested in a um, in a German hop picking machine. Oh. Oh. Um, uh, and it's a used machine we had shipped over from Germany. Um, it's a Wolf 140. Okay. Uh, we affectionately call it Heidi. It was made in 1974 and <laughs> can be a little quirky at times, but it, it gets the job done. So you, it's one of those machines you have to talk to a little bit. Uh, it, it, Heidi requires a lot of uh, a lot of TLC, you know, a lot of greasing and uh, oiling and changing of bearings and mm-hmm. uh, things mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, but, uh, yeah. but the difference is, as like I said, you know, it's one man hour to pick a hop, and yeah. we have two thousand. Yep. You know, if, if Heidi's if Heidi's doing her job, she can do between one hundred and one forty an hour. 
Our lines are open, uh, awaiting your calls, 244-1777, that's the 802 number, and 877-291-8255. Once again, here's Peter and Dieter. <laughs> you got me on here? Okay, good. Yes, so we're... we're uh, I just wanted to say that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it couldn't resist, I know. Peter and Dieter, and I think Lori's in there somewhere. Yes, yeah, Lori's here somewhere. Uh, hi, Lori. <laughs> so, um, and we do have a telephone call, so you want to oh, go right to it? It might as well, sure. C- certainly. Here we go. Uh, let me push that button, this button. And uh, good morning. You're, you're, you're on with our hop-growing experts. <laughs> good morning, Joe. How are you? Fine. Hey, Forbes. Yes. Hey. Uh, i got some quick questions since um, probably some of the lands that have been existing for different things uh, will, might be converted to hop-growing. What uh, about uh, pre-plant uh, diseases and things like that from, from crops that have been in that area? Um, you want to you get reduce your weed load, uh, especially any perennial weeds. So we recommend that you, um, you do at least one year of putting down something like a red clover or something like that and turn it over as green manure. Uh, because if you have to deal with anything like uh, uh, Canada thistle or bindweed or anything like that, anything that has a rhizome that's going to compete with a hop, it becomes very difficult. So that's kind of mm-hmm. the first thing is to get your soil prepped. Um, the other thing is you want to make sure that you have very well-drained soil. Um, hops like a lot of water, um, but they don't like wet feet, and they don't like to be wet themselves. So it's kind of a... Uh, so heavy clay soil is a problem. If, you, if you're looking at your field and there's ever standing water on it, uh, you're either going to want to tile it or, or, or choose another place. Hmm. All right. Uh, sunlight? They like full sun. Full sun. Okay. Yep. All right. Um, pH of the soil? Uh, uh, pretty neutral. Six, six point, yeah. Yep. Right. Yeah, six, six, five. Right. Almost like apples. Yep. Yeah, they, it's a, um, hops and apples and app are very similar soil conditions. Um, a lot of people that already grow apples or, or grapes are suited for growing hops. Okay. That's, that's good. All right. Well, I can't think of anything else, but I guess those would be the initial things to worry about uh, if you're contemplating growing it. Yeah. What about hemp? Is that a, a compatible crop near? Uh, it, it It is. They're related. Um, of course, hemp is an annual. Um, and, yeah, they, they like similar soil conditions, but they're, they're a whole other animal. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true. All right. Well, okay. thank you. <laughs> Good. So when, when would you plant these, uh, uh, Dieter? Is this something that's planted in the spring or the fall? Uh, it's it's planted in the spring. Mm-hmm. Um, you can do the fall. I've had limited success with the fall. It, they like to get established. I mean, the latest I I generally plant is like first or second week of July, okay. and that'll be stuff that I've started in the greenhouse mm-hmm. um, from rhizomes that I've dug or shoots that I've started. Okay. Um, and I've had good luck with that. But yeah, spring. You know, if you can get out there and get your stuff in the ground, you know. Mid June, you're good. So when I started reading the book, I, I it said the hop binds, and and I'm thinking, uh, is that a typo? And no, it, no. It it's is, a, yeah, so grape grapes are are vines, right? V, with a V. With a V, because they have a tendril. Uh-huh. You know, you know, the little curly thing that you see that goes off, and that's how they grasp onto things, and that's how they pull themselves up. Mm-hmm. Whereas the hop itself, and as I was saying before about the trichomes, what what the hop does is it goes um, clockwise around, uh, you know, anything it can grab onto, essentially. Okay. <laughs> um, and it has these little, they're, they're not microscopic, you can't, You'd have to use a magnifying glass, but you can see them. They look like little anchors, okay. and they and they kind of pull themselves up that way. And that's the difference between a, a, a vine and a bind. That's interesting. I've never come across the word before, so I was like, 
What, what? Yeah, people people use it kind of interchangeably with hops, and they call them vines sometimes, but technically they are a vine. Yeah, okay. So um, now that you've uh, started your harvest and you're drying, um, how long does that take to dry? Is that like an overnight? Uh, it really depends on uh, relative humidity for us. Um, we have a, a large... Uh, uh, forced heat you know blast furnace dryer so mm-hmm. we're running um we're running 100 degrees of uh forced air up through uh the hops to dry them okay um but you know if you're doing your home you know your home hop drying yeah. um if you can add some heat great um if not um uh uvm has a couple of uh uh um, PDFs on their site that you can download to build your own hop dryer. Oh. Um, but if you're just growing a couple of vines and you want to put some window screens out and put a box fan under them, it's going to take longer yeah. uh, to dry them. We want to get the, them down to a stable um, dryness, which is between 8 and 12% moisture. Okay. Well, I have an yeah. electric a uh, dryer Excalibur with nine trays on it, and yeah, I can I can handle you know it it gives it even set the temperature, and so the temperature would be sort of like for herbs a uh, hundred hundred twenty five somewhere in that range hundred. Yep, yep, that would be perfect. That would be perfect. And then, uh, like I said, you want to do a, a moisture test. Um, and once you have them, you know, dried, then you want to store them in a, you know, a cool place. Cooler the better. If you have freezer space, that's great. If not, uh, a refrigerator. Huh. Um, and, and they'll store, you know, for, for quite a while. Uh, so I wouldn't dry them and put them in a jar like I do my, my teas, the teas that I dry. You could, but what can happen with them is that the lupulin can, can turn rancid. Ah. Uh. I see. And and we don't want to make beer out of rancid hops. No, no, no. <laughs> so, uh, uh, all right, although so. that although that said, there are some Belgian breweries that do make beer out of uh, <laughs> hops that have been sitting around for up to a year, and they get like kind of a cheesy rancid thing, and that's uh, that's part of the flavor profile. Well, some people like Limburger cheese too. So that's you true. Know, it's, <laughs> you know. I'm, I'm not a, I'm not opposed to a strong cheese. <laughs> <laughs> okay so um uh let's see now i was trying to think of uh oh uh is uh have you ever grown uh, asparagus so you know the root system of an asparagus i i have um unfortunately not very successfully because i i I didn't attend it the way I should have. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you were probably taking care of your hops. Uh, yes, yeah, sir. We have many projects here on the Well, farm. the only reason I brought it up was not, not to point out something, but to uh, ask you if the rhizome that you're going to plant, does it look a little bit like the uh, asparagus uh, root system that you buy? Um, a little bit, yeah. When, when you when you're going to be, you know, if you plant your, we usually do hill, we hill them. Yeah. Um, and so in March, you know, when the when your soil becomes, you know, warm enough that you can actually get in there, yeah. Um, and you start digging around in there, you're going to see these, you know, long pieces of root that are coming off, and you're going to see the the smaller ones, and they're going to have little buds on them. Okay. And and that's what you're going to cut off. You're going to want to cut off a piece that's probably, you know, two, three inches with a couple of buds on it. And that's, that's one plant. Okay. Um, and so, you know, you, I do usually a couple to like a six inch pot. Okay. Um, and, uh, and start them that way. Mm, mm, okay. Great. Well, that, that, would, that gives me at least that I know sort of what I'm going to start with. Yeah. And uh, let's see. And uh, so is Lori right there? I just want to know. Yeah, what, she what, is. You what's, her, to, what's her, let me, uh, what's her let favorite me beer? <laughs> what's her favorite beer? Yeah. She, uh, right now she's uh, she's kind of an IPA girl. IPA. Uh, <laughs> sort of a, a hoppy beer then. <laughs> uh, well, sure. Well, hop farmers, you know. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Oh, well, good, good. Well, um, I have to say it's a terrific book, and uh, I really in, enjoy the Hop Grower's Handbook. Well, and, thank you. Uh, this is uh, um, 
As a matter of fact, uh, uh, the uh, Bridgestone Books has got some copies there. Um, uh, Joel, I, I, you know, when I got the, my copy, she said she was going to order a couple more. That's for, right up the street from the radio right station to our listeners. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. So, yep. uh, so if anybody's listening and wants a copy of the book, uh, uh, head on over and, and grab one there. Yeah, and you can also order them directly from Chelsea Green, too. Yep, um, yep. I noticed they were on the website there. And, yep. Uh, um, sometimes they have uh, incredible sales and all that stuff. But Yeah. We we like to support our local bookstores because sure. they're so good to us. And <laughs> yeah, we uh, we like to support ours here, too. It's yeah, a, good. A good, we, good. We want them around. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. I and I can't tell you how many times I've walked into the local bookstore and just sort of browsed around and found a book that I, I absolutely was just blown away by that was so good. Yep. And uh, that's just uh, uh, one of the things that, uh, one of the reasons I like going to the local bookstore. What was the one I, I just uh, just read? And it was, um, well, anyway, it, you know, there's there's so many great books. Yes, there are. And uh, Joel, do you have another uh, caller? Yeah, I think Joel's got. I think got I might another... in a second. We oh, got okay. Someone on the other line. Okay. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, Beth is on the line with you. Beth, you there? Uh oh. Is it me? Oh, Beth. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. Welcome. Deb. Oh, yeah. Deb. Hi there. Hey. Hi, Deb. <laughs> I was worried that we were going to lose this resource before um, I learned, you know, just how to go about planting and how to take care of the plants. I understand how to kind of set them up so they can grow up or horizontal. And I got some idea about um, getting them started. But in between that, there must be a few steps. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, well, when you put your rhizome in, you, you're going to want it to about to three, two to three inches in the ground. It's going to want a very, you know, uh, rich, rich soil. Um, they, they like, a, uh, they like quite a bit of water. Um, they're also very, very heavy feeders. Um, mm -hmm. so uh, for example, they will uptake about 200 pounds of nitrogen per acre wow. um, over the season. So, you know, we recommend soil testing um, and figuring out, you know, what your, you know, pH is and what your nitrogen is. And mm. um, but you're you're going to be you're going to be feeding them like for for us, we do everything through drip irrigation. So mm -hmm. we use all liquid fertilizers. Um, uh, we have a fertilizer that is made for us um, according to our um, uh, a soil profile. Uh, we also use a fair amount of fish emulsion. Mm. Um, uh, hops like a lot of micronutrients. Um, they, need a, they need a small amount of boron and a small amount of zinc in order to have good sidearm production. Mm -hmm. um, and we also put in um, a fair amount... Well, when we pick, um, we take all of our um, uh, the leaves and the stems and like that, and also all the stuff from the cider room um, and the animal pens here and our spent grain. And we make a, a we have a large compost pile, oh, wow. and uh, and and we side dress um, the hops. And and there's there's been some. Uh, some research as to, and I think Heather Darby, you know, the reason I started doing this is because of, of a talk that I, I sat in on hers talking about that they thought that there was, um, the compost actually provided, uh, some antifungal, um, mm. properties. Mm. Um, so, uh, and we feel that, 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 that is correct, um, mm. in, in our observations. I mean, nothing scientific on our end, but. Yeah, yeah. Well, all all of us organic uh, farmers and gardeners would would have to agree that that's a huge benefit to side dress. Uh, oh yes, yeah. We uh, we firmly believe in that, and uh, and also once you've cut your plant down, mm -hmm. um, well, the reason we cut chest high is because we're leaving a, a fair amount of plant left to, to keep on watering and fertilizing until hard frost before. We, oh. we cut them completely off because oh. oh, um, yeah. you're kind of, you know, you're kind of harvesting this whole plant at the height of its life. 
right uh, you know and, and and leaving it with very little to try to you know pick up some uh, you know uh, more photosynthesis and you know be able to regenerate for the following year mm. so so you cut them and feed them and and uh, give them yep. a while to and give them yep. enough of a plant to to keep keep growing or keep uh, yeah and then growing. and then after you know after hard frost you know we're like late october um, we go through the hop yards and we just cut everything off and we just clean everything out and then that's when we side we will side dress with compost oh wow that late do we still have deb with us or is she no okay that, that must have answered her question then i hope so oh, i'm sure i can be long-winded <laughs> <laughs> well, at this point uh, uh we appreciate the long-winded answer because uh, okay. you're really filling us in and, and uh that's just great you know well, um, so uh, how about it, Joel? You got any more questions or anything? No, I'm, I've been taking uh, copious notes. Copious. And I'm looking forward <laughs> to getting good. looking forward to getting a, uh, getting a copy of the book down the road. Uh, the interesting things, um, you know, I, I, I started collecting old postcards of Vermont, and uh, Vermont hills have gone through so many changes. At one point, around the Tunbridge area. Uh, First of all, they look at the new forest that has grown, and then I was found an old postcard in which all the, all the the hills were denuded, and that's mm-hmm. because they had sheep that could climb the mm-hmm. hills, and mm-hmm. Vermont was just loaded with uh, sheep, and that's where all the woolen mills came from. And then they said at one point all those hills were covered with hops. Yeah. And, oh, wow. Yeah. And they they were just exporting trainloads of hops out of uh, out of uh, the Tunbridge area. Yeah. So it's really amazing how how uh, things and approaches to our natural resources yeah. change depending on what the uh, market and what the, uh, I guess, current zeitgeist happens to be. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, the Northeast was a big, I mean, it was a big hop-growing area until until pretty much they moved out, you know, first it moved to Michigan and, um, and then from Michigan out to uh, uh, the Yakima Valley and the Willamette Valley in, mm. in Oregon and, mm. um it was pretty much once they were able to irrigate those areas because, you know, it's like, like I was saying before, you know, hops, they like a lot of water, but they don't like to be wet. Mm. So, you know, Yakima is high desert, so they only get eight inches of rain a year. So you can't really wow. grow hops there unless you can irrigate. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you and, irrig- you do irrigate yours then? Yes, we do because that's that's basically how we feed everything too is through mm-hmm. the irrigation. I mean, this year we we haven't uh, run the irrigation nearly as much mm. because it's been raining so much here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and uh, the they survive okay in that uh, we had some real hot hot weather. Um, they don't mind hot. Mm. Um, hot's okay for hops. It's the 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 bad thing is uh, consecutive days of rain, um, and then no wind mm. um, so, because they don't dry out. The molds and uh, stuff. Yeah. Yep. The molds get uh, get established. So you know, if you've got mm. a couple of days of sixty to sixty five degree weather and you know, no wind, you're you're <laughs> you're mm. more likely to be growing fungus than hops. Mm. So, you know, we we don't like days like that. And mm. in fact we we orient all our yards um uh, according to the prevailing wind so that they can dry out. So would that be like on a western slope then or or, or yeah, we, we have, go east Well you west. want good you want good air drainage, right? Uh-huh. So you want you want the wind to be able to blow through there and then blow out. You don't want um gotcha. you don't want a place where, you know, the the kind of cool damp air pools mm-hmm. in, in your hop yard. Mm-hmm. So you uh, orient your rows uh, east to west then, so that the western yeah. winds come across and blow yep. through? Yep. Oh, okay. That makes good sense, doesn't it? Yeah. Our <laughs> first yard, our first yard that we put up, we uh, we went north south. That was bad. 
<laughs> we don't have that yard anymore. <laughs> Is that the one that, that collapsed while you were on vacation? Uh, the very same. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll, Joe, I'll show you the pictures. <laughs> you know, if, if, if there was a mistake to be made, we, uh, we, we've made it. So. And it's in the part book. Of, part of... <laughs> Part of the joy of the book is you can see what not to do. <laughs> As so often a good book is. Uh, yes, exactly. <laughs> I've made all the mistakes for you, so listen yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, right. As they call um, it, the essential guide for sustainable small-scale production for home and market. The Hop Growers Handbook. What an excellent book! <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, the uh, yeah we we still you know after uh, I have to say you know that hop production in the Northeast left you know a hundred years ago. Yeah. So uh, we're still by no stretch of the imagination experts on it. We are still learning every year. We <laughs> we learn. Uh, you know, from uh, from people like Heather and then folks yeah. out of Cornell and uh, from other farmers um, in communication with. Well, that, that'll be in the next edition then. <laughs> yes. <laughs> More mistakes, we'll call it. <laughs> yes, and it goes on. <laughs> it goes on. Right? <laughs> Yes, I'm sure Lori's taken copious notes over the years. <laughs> yes, yes. She, well, she did a great job in that. Uh, yeah. um, in that, uh, when we started, it was very difficult to find information. Um, I mean, UVM had 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 a jump start on us of several years, mm -hmm. um, so they had they had some great information. Cornell had a little bit of information because they were a little bit behind on that. Mm -hmm. um, you know, West Coast information was very good, but a lot of things were very very nothing was tied together. Yeah, um, and that's what this book does: is it brings in. Um, all the things and, and answers a lot of, you know, the very simple questions that you might have, you know, that uh, yep. when you go sometimes to uh, some of the things in the university, they, they assume that you know things already. <laughs> um, and you may not as somebody who's just trying to start out to grow a few hops. That's um, it. Yeah. yeah. And, and a lot of, you know, there were there was information from Europe and there was information from the West Coast, but in a lot of cases that doesn't apply to the East Coast, you know. I saw a few places, uh, some of the pictures. You were actually over. You went over to Europe to uh, to visit. We didn't. Some we didn't go to Europe for the book. Um, we we went out to the West Coast. You know, we we sort of got into this, and we had to. We sort of had to take a step back and say, well. You know, what do the big commodity farmers do? I mean, mm -hmm. the majority, you know, 90% of the hops come from these areas, so they must know something, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and, and so, you know, we got out there and it was just, you know, we were totally blown away by it. You know, it's like, you know, what we're, what we're doing to them is considered gardening as opposed to farming, you know? Um, right. It's just on such a large scale. Um, but they were tremendously helpful and very open. Um, you know, to to regardless if they thought we were quaint or what we were doing, but you know they were very helpful. And um, to this day, I still have contacts, you know, in Yakima that I I can call and say, "Oh my God, this is happening." <laughs> That's know? good. That's good. So it, it was uh, the trip to Europe on your, that was your honeymoon that you went to. Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's, uh, that was. And uh, we're, we're looking at actually, uh, we're, we're still, we're still at it and we're, we're looking at going to Argentina this year. Oh no. Um, oh. Uh, well, we'd like to try to go for hop harvest, which starts in March. Oh, uh, of course. Right. Uh, because right, cause it's it's springtime there, and we'd mm -hmm. like to see. Uh, we we met so we've met a couple of Argentine brewers um, that want to introduce us to some hop growers there. So I'd be very interested to see, you know, how they do it there. Oh man, that sounds great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, the show just before we're on the the uh, for the birds show and he was just talking about being down in Argentina and I think that's right Joel was in Argentina and they were going to uh, uh, bird watching down there so no. bring yeah. your binoculars I will <laughs> yeah, he we like the birds he saw toucans so. toucans yeah. uh, I've never seen one in the wild <laughs> <No>. <laughs> or in the hop yard <laughs> I can't imagine it <laughs> 
Oh, Lordy. Well, um, I want to thank you. Uh, I think we're just about to, we're rolling at the end of the show for sure. And, uh, and okay. I, I really appreciate your time, particularly, uh, you know, why you're so busy. But um, I wish you all the best, and uh, thanks so very much to you and Lauren. Oh, great, man. If people, you know, want to reach out to us, we, you know, we hear from people at this point all over the world who've bought the book. So, you know, we're happy if we can, okay. if we can help. Okay. Sometimes we're a little slow to respond, but we'll get to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fair. That's fair enough. Well, thanks again. And uh, if uh, anybody, um, maybe we can get you on again next year for the, for the planting part of it. That'd be great. Okay. Yeah, look forward either, to it. Is uh, there a website that relates to either what you do specifically or hops growing that you would re- you would recommend? Um, well, I would recommend the Northeast Hop Alliance um, website. That's a really good one. Um, USA Hops is a is another uh, great site. Um, you can always check out our site here at the at the farm, which is ilfcb.com. ILFCB.com. Yep, and uh, you can see uh, pictures of the hop yards here, and we post pictures of and videos of hop picking and stuff, and it's a good it's a good way to reach out to us. So that's like Indi- yep. India Ladder Farm. What's the cidery same? and cidery, cidery and brewery? brewery. Ah, okay, yep. yeah, it comes right up. There you go. Yep. Yep, we're also on Instagram, and we we post a couple of times a week on there. So, oh, okay, great. If yes. you're in the area, come on out to the farm. We'd love to see you. All right, great. Thanks. I appreciate the invitation. And oh yeah, there's your website. There's your picture. Great. Uh, well, we'll look that over. So that that was just uh, real simple. ILFCB. Yep. Come. Okay. Perfect. Yep. Thanks again, Dieter. We appreciate. Thank you. It. Uh, well, and thank Lori too. Well, I had thought I was going to have the farm, the farm between uh, owners Nancy and John Hayden on next week, but we've moved that up uh, to the, uh, I think they said the 7th of September. I'll know next week, though. And uh, uh, this has been fun. I've really enjoyed it myself. I hope you did, too. Um, and... Uh, I guess we have a couple minutes if somebody wanted to call with a question. Sure, if, uh, if you have a general question, sure, yeah, yeah, or any yeah, question, yeah, any comment, sure, sure. Um, but yeah, they um, uh, that uh, what's the name of that book? Uh, the farm between oh, farming in the uh, on the wild side: the evolution of a regenerative organic farm and nursery. And uh, I've looked at the the pre-release uh, of this book; it's just coming out. And uh, it's fascinating, and it's I find it just a uh, um, I would say uh, uh, what 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 is that? It's it seems so hopeful, the way because it seems like almost every day in the news another farm is going out of business, and another farm is going out of business, and you know you hear that a lot more, but you know they're not really saying well actually uh, this farm has sort of rethought you know rechanged the. You know the way we're thinking about farming, and and they have a productive farm that's that's not just uh, milk. You know, the, they're doing all kinds of uh, of uh, sustainable small scale production, and um, and this is a an a, a guide, as they say, to the uh, evolution of a regenerative organic farm and nursery. So they'll be on a couple weeks. We'll have a full. Uh, Full week next week to give uh, give a call. Uh, the the right now, of course, this is harvest season. You should be canning, and you should be freezing, and you should be drying some of your stuff. You should be getting some things into the cold cellar. And uh, as I've said before, is there's not just one way to to save the harvest. Is you want to you want to kind of spread it out, so you're using all the different tricks that there are to save the harvest over the year, you know, for, so you have something right through the winter. And, you know, some things freeze better than dry, some things dry better than freeze, some things can better than they freeze or dry. So you you have to use all of those different uh, preservation methods, and uh, we're blessed with with all those options. Uh, I have a dryer that I use uh, for drying cantaloupe absolutely one of the best foods you can ever have. I mean, it's like a, 
You know, it's ambrosia. Very, very good. And so you take a cantaloupe. Well, you can only save so many of them in cold storage. But mm. you can dry them, and they will be there for a year, you know. Yeah. I think we have a, a quick caller. We were oh, just on the yeah. end. Let's see what, what this is all about. Yeah. And uh, your first name in town? Emerson from uh, Moncton. Oh. Emerson, welcome aboard. What you got? So the question is, is you, we're talking about canning and freezing and so forth. Yeah. And so where I work, we've been having this discussion. Do we need to blanch our vegetables before we freeze them? Generally, yes. That's generally they store better if you if you blanch them. Now blanching is just a very brief, uh, you know, hot water, mm-hmm. cold water. You know, right. you, so you put them in, and uh, I I would say yes that 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 is uh, generally good practice is to blanch. And what that the reason well one of the reasons is is that it does get rid of the yeasts that are on on the leaves um, and any other sort of bacteria or virus that might be on there that would, you know, tend to to um, deteriorate the the any vegetable or anything like that. But again, it's just a brief, right? Uh, you know, hot water right into cold yeah. ice water and then into your containers for freezing. All um, right. Well. Okay, we don't. The yeah, we don't do any blanching for fruits generally. Uh-huh. You know, our strawberries and our blueberries, we just wash them and dry them, let them dry out, and then put them mm-hmm. in. And some people, uh, for the fruits, they'll actually put oh. them in the freezer right on a tray. Right, so we do that, that with our blueberries. Okay, you do that, yeah. 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 Uh, what you, about peaches? Peaches, um, uh, are you going to freeze them? Yes. I don't think they're blanched, but some people will use... Uh, um, like a, uh, they'll dip them in um, like uh, lemon juice to keep them from browning. Okay. Okay. Now, the, um, you know, when you're drying them, sometimes they they use a, a sulfur, but we we stay away from all that. Right. And you can use a, um, uh, you know, like a vitamin C. You could make it out of a ascorbic acid, a dip. Okay. And so I would I would probably do that before I froze them, and I would do the same thing. I'd put them on the sheet and and let them dry, uh, freeze individually, and then put them in the container. Oh well, thank you very much. Yeah, appreciate good. it. Sounds like you got a good harvest. <laughs> we do. You bet. Thanks, Emerson. Bye. Appreciate the call. And, and of course, you slice the peaches first. I, <laughs> I just wasn't actually clear, but thank I would, you. I, I would, forgot all I about would be that like part. A, like a small medicine ball, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, it's funny because I re- I remember uh, when I lived out in Pennsylvania, uh, uh, going to and working yeah. with the Amish men, yeah. and the Amish men would bring a quart jar. Of peaches, wow! Canned peaches, you know. And I remember looking at that jar with such envy. It's like, man, what do I have for my lunch? Boy, there's some, <laughs> I go I go down to Delaware where there's a large uh, Amish community. Peach trees everywhere. Peach is my not only my favorite fruit, but yeah. I think the, my favorite taste in the world. <laughs> I have peaches all over the place. I, uh, and people know it too because, like at Christmas, all yeah. my relatives send me peach jelly. Oh, and, good! And they're from they're from North Carolina. There so. you go. And, uh, <laughs> anyway, I've been keep, I've been I've been known to even buy the frozen peaches at Costco. And they're, they're good. Yeah. I mean, they're good, yeah. wherever they come from. Yeah. At any rate, we have uh, another caller. Your first name in town? I'm Pam. I'm in Duxbury. Hey, Pam. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. good. I love your show. Oh, and I'm, I'm calling. I, I, I forgot to write down your uh, pickle recipe. Um, you know, when you get the... Sure. The, Sure. Put it in the fridge and uh-huh, yada yada uh-huh, yada. Uh-huh. So if you could give that to me again, I would really appreciate it. Well, that that is the most requested recipe that <laughs> I have. I have to I have to admit, and I I call it the two day pickle. Um, and some people call it the refrigerator pickle. And um, there's a lot of different uh, ways to go about it. But you start with a gallon jar. Yep. And then it's somewhere between 12 and 20 pickling cukes, just depending, you know, on uh, how big they are. Sure. Obviously enough just to fill the jar. Yep. And then a teaspoon of your regular pickling spice, uh, a dill flower head or chopped fresh dill. 
Uh-huh. Which I have plenty of. Good, so. good. That's great. Uh, we put in. We usually put in uh, eight cloves of peeled garlic. We oh. we like a nice garlic flavor, but yeah, you and me both. Okay, so you, you <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, you cover that with the brine, and the brine is three quarters of a cup of vinegar. Yep. In a quart of water. Any, any particular type uh, of vinegar? Generally, we use the, the white vinegar, the clear one. Uh, okay. But we've also been known to use a regular cider vinegar, apple cider vinegar. Um, but uh, um, So any one of them will work just fine. Okay, yep. Uh, that's three quarters of a cup, one quart of water, one, yep. th- one third a cup of salt. Okay, yep. and then you heat that brine until the salt is dissolved. It doesn't have to be boiling, but sure. if it does boil, that's yep. fine. So you uh, you pour that over the uh, over the pickles in the jar, uh, over the cucumbers in the jar, and then with the spice and the garlic, with the spice yep. and the garlic, and then uh, you let it cool and put it in the fridge for two days. Okay. And then, of course, you have to test it once a day. For <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> to, to see when they're ready. <laughs> but so does the, does the vinegar, which vinegar you use, give it a different flavor? I haven't noticed so much. No. Okay. It's uh, more just the vinegarish. Uh, yeah, yeah, the vinegarish, yeah. yes. You, Whatever you, I have on hand. That's I think that worked just fine because that's what we usually do. But yeah, I have uh, a big I have a big thing of cider vinegar to get rid of fruit flies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll use that up. Yeah, first. probably a good idea. Yeah. All right, great. I don't think Thank it would you. Hurt, hurt a thing. Uh, you know, there's some variations on it. One of them is that uh, you you take a piece of rye bread and you put it right on top of the the whole thing and cover it with a um, cover it with a cheesecloth. With a rubber really? band, yeah. And then you put that out in the sun during the day and in the fridge at night for two days. And then so it's after, like a sun tea dill It's sort pickle. of like a sun tea, yes. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's one of the variations on the recipe, and you can give that a try. But one way or the other, no matter how you do it, they are the freshest, crispiest, most delicious pickles you'll ever eat. So Great. Thank you so much. Yeah. Well, thanks for the call, Pam. Okay. <laughs> That's a that's a great recipe. I have to agree. Matter of fact, yeah, I'm salivating. <laughs> well, pickle taste. We, we made a Greek salad last night, oh. and and what I'm not talking about lettuce. I'm yeah. talking about uh, uh, cucumbers mm-hmm. and uh, tomatoes, and then the feta cheese and the Kalamatra olives. Oh, okay, yeah, I love that's those. that's yeah. all there is. That and uh, some balsamic vinegar. And uh, a little bit of olive oil. And last night we, we did it without the olive oil, and it was still just as good. Mm-hmm. But those cucumbers from our garden were so fresh and so crispy and delicious. We were both like, oh, my God, this is the best. <laughs> this is so good. And uh, that sort of uh, reaction we get fairly often is like, you could not buy anything this good. It's just right fresh from the garden, and it makes it all worthwhile for sure. <laughs> now now, now, uh, now, i got to go get you something to eat, right? <laughs> I, I'm going to put a long record on it. <laughs> Head on over to well, the farmer's market. Joel, as usual, it's yeah. been a lot of fun. And, uh, yeah, we I guess we have reached the end of the line, but we'll be back next week. Yes, yeah, we're back next yeah, week. Yeah, next week, no uh, Red Sox. Yeah, no Red Sox, as far as I know. At least not during uh, yeah. the noon hour. At, 12, at 12.30, and once again, it'll be Peter Burke in the garden. Inch by inch, row by row Gonna make this garden grow All it takes is a rake and a hoe And a piece of fertile ground Inch by inch, row by row Someone bless these seeds I sow Someone warm them from below Till the rain comes tumbling down in the Garden today has been brought to you by Menards Agway, Family True Value, your neighborhood yard, garden, and pet place on Brooklyn Street in Morrisville, by Grow Compost of Vermont at growcompost.com and on 
course, Route 2 in Moortown, just down the road from us. The Willie's Store, your true value store in Greensboro near Caspian Lake. By Guy's Farm and Yard, with four locations to serve you. Montpelier, Morrisville, Williston, and St. Albans. By Clausen's Florist, Greenhouse, and Perennial Farm, Main Street in Colchester. By PR Lumber, locally milled lumber, a family owned business right there on Route 15 in Wolcott. By your locally owned Montpelier Agway, Route 2 in Montpelier, seeds and feeds and so much more. And by V's Flowers and Garden Shop, visit them soon. What a wonderful place on Main Street in Waitsfield. We'll see you next week, 12 30 during the noon hour, in the garden. In my garden, I'm as free as that. Fence.